You're listening to the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. In today's publishing landscape, you can reach fans all over the world. Query letters are a thing of the past. You don't even need a literary agent. There is nothing standing in the way of making a living from writing. Join two best-selling authors who have self-published more than 20 books between them. Now, on to the show with your hosts, Autumn Burt and Jasper Schmidt. Hello, I'm Jasper. And I'm Autumn. This is episode 117 of the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast and the topic of the day is something that we have touched upon indirectly in a number of episodes but we have never dedicated a full episode to it before so we decided to talk about some tips for writing a first draft which will be so much fun it, it is strange to think we haven't we've shared so many tips and we've talked to so many authors about how to overcome hurdles but i can't believe we've never done a whole episode on this no that's right and when I was thinking about it as well, we have also actually, when we talked about editing, we have been talking slightly about, indirectly, you know, talking mm-hmm. about writing a first draft, but yeah, yeah not a full episode about it. Covered the seven stages, which kind of helps you through a first draft, but no, this is really about writing it. It is, yes. So let's see how we go today. Uh, it should be, uh, should be an interesting conversation. Yes, I, I, I'm sure you've prepared something, and I left it of wide course. open, so I'm of good. Of course. <laughs> I am fine. always prepared, and, uh, <laughs> and then you can wing it as you normally do. I do. Well, I've had um, 23 or so first drafts, so I feel, I feel <laughs> fine <laughs> about this topic. You feel comfortable uh, I do. Enough. This yeah. is my niche, so I'm good. So how are things for you, though? Um, pretty good. Uh, I think I make last week at least I made good progress on the first draft of yes, our book one. Yes, you're doing good. Yeah. Uh, so I think this week is going to be a bit tougher. I have a lot on the agenda this week, so let's see how it goes. But <laughs> but uh, but that's good. At least yes. uh, getting some some writing done last week, and I think I managed to do four chapters. I think yeah, last I think you week. Did. You did really good. So that's pretty good. Yeah, you're doing a little bit better than me with I'm still working on the edits to the reader magnet, the rift in the mage, but I by the time this is recorded, it'll be done. But I'm releasing my first book since July like 2019 this coming weekend. So there's a few, a few things to do. Just a little. Just a little. Just a little. Yeah. I forgot. It's been a year and a half almost since I released a book. I forgot how much there is to do. So <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Um a little swamped. It's okay. Well, I'm so excited, so it's good. The other good news, actually, is that um, some of the corona restrictions have started to lift now. So I think, fingers crossed, but within the next one or two weeks, I think I could be back to refereeing again. Oh, that is excellent. It's going to be springish soon, so that'll be really exciting. Yeah, and they're saying by the time we get to summer, hopefully, uh, all our, our entire country should be vaccinated. Hopefully, oh God, by summertime. Like countries the size of one of our cities. I would hope so. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> I, it I should really actually be even faster. <laughs> I would hope so. I mean, if they're saying the U.S. can get completely vaccinated by May, we'll see if that happens. Knowing the government, it'll be June or July. Uh, no but way. yeah, yeah. Well, did they say what year May they meant? <laughs> <laughs> Such 2024. <laughs> it might have been 2024. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, they didn't. Or maybe they said there'd be enough vaccines to vaccinate everyone by May, but short yeah. of someone going out with like a you know, tranquilizer gun, it's not going to happen. Oh, yeah, that could actually be cool. It's some snipers or something like <laughs> when you go out shopping, then you'll get a vaccine sniped. <laughs> that would be cool. There are people who would enjoy that over here. Don't, yeah, I don't think encourage so. them. We could pay money to have people do that and make it all back for what we've spent on helping people get their vaccines. Oh, jeez. Yeah, Oh, yeah, go. but actually, I'm not sure if you remember, but um, quite a while back, you uh, recommended uh, that I should watch a show on Netflix. Mm, which one? Yeah, it's, it's quite a while back, actually. Um, oh, and I don't speak French, but I think <gasps> I would pronounce it La Révolution or something yes, like that. Yes, I did recommend La Révolution. Yeah. What did you think of it? Well, um it's I'm different. halfway through now. Okay. Yeah, it's in French. That's a bit of a downer. <laughs> oh, I like French. Four years in high school. Come on. Oh, okay. Well, I don't speak a word French. so. <laughs> but uh, I'm halfway through. And uh, so far, at least, I would say that I really like how they are building the mystery elements. Excellent. Um, I'm still not completely sure what kind of, I, I wouldn't even call it magic, but sort of what's going on with that the mm-hmm. blue blood and stuff. I'm not quite sure what's going on still with that. Okay. Um, so I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I, I guess the one thing I would say at this point is that I could really use a stronger character motivation for, I mean... I understand that uh, they want to stop the re- this stuff from happening and the revolution stuff, and I well, I get it, but I think it it would be stronger if it was a bit more clear why the characters should be so invested in it. Okay. Um, I I, I hmm. ah, I'm not a hundred percent on board with that, but but so far it's it's pretty good. Yeah, I and, think it uh, kind of gets resolved at the end. Yeah, hopefully, end. yeah. I'm only halfway through, so. Yeah, yeah. and it, it does leave it open. I don't know if there's a second season coming, but it does leave it open that there's a potential there. But yeah, for anyone who hasn't looked at it, it's a totally, it's sort of like a zombie meets French revolution. <laughs> and uh, actually, my husband and I had a recent discussion about it saying, you know, well, Books like Pride and Prejudice and Zombies and Lincoln Vampire Slayer kind of fed into this series um, being written. And I thought it was fascinating. I'm like, this actually explains the French Revolution in a way I can totally understand. So (laughs) I really enjoyed it. And I usually don't do zombie things. So I was, and now I want to read Pride of Prejudice and Zombies. So there you go. Well, yeah. Well, there's no zombies in this, to be honest. No, Uh, it's not. But it plays on that idea, though. Yeah, maybe. Yes. It's called Blue Blood. Yeah. But I guess, I mean, I just wanted to mention it because if there are some listeners who are interesting, if you like something like Mysterious Murders and, uh, oh, no. (laughs) <laughs> unknown unknown virus spreading i was about to say yeah. then i just blew it i shouldn't say that, no, that nobody wants to watch it <laughs> oh, go ahead it's fine we have a vaccine now they don't it's fine <laughs> yeah but i just feel like virus stuff is a people is yeah i don't know i, I don't want to even watch stuff that is about virus outbreaks it's just like no way <laughs> it's, I understand forget that. it i don't want to watch it i don't want to read about it it's just, just done no <laughs> <laughs> But okay, uh, anyway, if you like Mysterious Murders, then uh, try to check. Uh, you pronounce it better than I do. What is it? What is, say La what it's Revolution. called. Ah, there you yeah. go. Voila. <laughs> yeah. 
a week on the internet with the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. Uh, so first of all, I just wanted to mention that we are making another attempt today on uh, recording ourselves on video while also recording the podcasts. So you'll be able to see on the Am Writing Fantasy YouTube channel if you want. Uh, then uh, there is a video feed, but uh, but why I'm mentioning is more because uh, last week we had the first try, yes, and uh, there was some internet lags caused by the video feed, which My meant fault. that uh, yeah, Autumn broke it. Uh, uh, I meant <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what happened though was that uh, sometimes um, it took a couple of seconds before I could hear what Autumn said and vice versa, so we had these. Uh, bit of awkward pauses in between which was quite annoying so we're having another attempt now uh, and i hope it's going to work well today but it is more to let you know that if the video feed keeps interfering then we'll probably dump the video feed again because the most important thing is that this is a podcast so the audio feed needs to be good and uh, if it suffers because of the video then we will dump the video but at at least for now we're just trying a bit we changed a few things for today so Hopefully the internet lag will not be there anymore. Yeah, but, uh, so far but it's, it's between you and I it seems okay. Yeah, internet, my internet's holding out, which is pretty good. Fingers crossed, we got it working this time. Yeah, and you changed location, maybe that. Helps I did, I did. We got some like officey digs going on. It's kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, another thing on the internet uh, since this is th- that segment. Yes. Uh, I wanted to uh, mention how BookBob shared a list of nine reasons why the most they most often reject a BookBob feature deal. Awesome. That is and, uh, useful. Yeah, given how important these deals are. Uh, and uh, then I thought maybe I could just do a very quick rundown of those yeah, nine items. Yeah, that'd be good. Because I'm actually thinking of submitting a book. And so this will maybe convince me or make me stay away. So I'm yeah, waiting. And then you can see if you are aligned with these things. Or That's if you, right. Uh, because I have had one BookBub deal, so that was really exciting. But, you know, it seems hit or miss. Maybe there's rhyme or reason to this. There is, I Ooh. think. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so no, number one. Uh-huh. The book is too short. Oh, so, that's interesting. Yeah, there are minimum page count requirements. So that's a pretty easy fix if, uh, you know, check those out before you submit a request for a feature deal. Interesting. That's easy. Mm-hmm. And uh, number two is also easy. Not meeting the pricing requirements, oh. so the submitted book has to be deeply discounted or free. Okay. So that's a no-brainer, that's, right? Yeah. But if you don't haven't discounted the book, then <laughs> just don't submit it there for featured go. deals because you're going to get rejected. Oh, <laughs> uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so not surprising so far, right? No, no, that's been shocking there. Number three. Um, and this one is about timing. So BookBub will not feature a book more than once every six months. Okay. So if you did have a feature deal on that particular, you can you can have feature deals on several different of your books. So, but that particular book they will not feature again before six okay. months later. So if you already if- had it, then don't submit it because you're wasting your time and their time. Seems fair. I mean, it's hard enough to get one. So if you can get one every six months, yeah, good for you. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> uh, the other one is, or number four, is if your book is only available on Amazon, meaning Kindle Unlimited, you are less likely to get chosen. Uh, 
Ooh, you can wow. be chosen, but it is much less likely because BookBub is a they support wide platforms they and they like wide. Oh, so they tend to promote books that are available everywhere. Oh, so, that's interesting. So if you're only in Kindle Unlimited, that might be why you're getting rejections. Hmm. Makes sense. Uh, number five, and this one also makes a lot of sense to me, but it's about the reader experience. So... Okay. If BookBub finds a lot of reviews that mention that you have typos and stuff like that, they will often reject the book. That makes sense. That's good to know. Of course, it makes it it's hard then if you go and you fix them, which hopefully you, you should do that before you publish. But if you I publish hope. and then fix them, <laughs> you still have those reviews sitting there. So they're going to hurt you really bad over time. So get it right the first time. Get it right. <laughs> So number six, yes. and you'll like this next one, Autumn. Okay. It's something that we say all the time. Oh, right. Well, I will like this one then. If the cover doesn't match the genre and the reader expectation, BookBub will likely reject it. Yes. But have we said that before? <laughs> it's so true. And then again, that's one reason I was really happy to have one of my books featured because it was also one of the covers I did. So it made me feel good as a graphic artist. <laughs> yeah. I can understand that. Yeah. Uh, we are now getting into like chicken and egg territory. Okay. Yeah. So number seven on the list is not having enough reviews. Mm, does it say and how many at once? No, it doesn't. Oh. But it, but how do you get reviews when you're not seeing any sales? Yeah. And if you could get a BookBub feature deal, you would get sales and then you would get reviews. Get so you see the chicken and the egg problem here. Yeah. Maybe you should call it dragon and the egg problem, but okay. Ah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. The yeah. dragon and the egg problem. That's much okay. better. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's luckily something that we do talk about in yes, the self-publishing do. success course. Yes, And you can enroll to that course for free. Yes. Yay. Yay, that's a good idea because then you can figure out how to get reviews, which means you yes. might get in book club. Yes. And I'll put a link in the show notes to the self-published success course. So, yeah, you can just uh, sign up and uh, get going there. But I'll leave that alone for now and move on to number eight. Yes, we still have two more. Yeah, this one is uh, much harder to comply with. And mm. I would almost say... Just submit your book and let BookBub figure it out and okay. let them reject it. Because number eight is what they call that it is not aligned with current market trends. Oh, So that's a bit like, yeah. That's a tough one. Yeah. I can, that's so, a tough one. Yeah. There's times where, you know, if a certain type of book is just not selling, uh, you sometimes if you're paying attention, you will know that. But there's times that you don't, you can't read their mind what they decide is popular right now. So just yeah, so ignore that it's one. It's sort of like, uh, you know, in the, when I'm out refereeing, we also have this uh, catch all bracket thing. Oh, so okay. we have like unsportsmanship conduct uh-huh. and uh, you get a yellow card for it. But how do you define what that is? Well, right. I define that as the referee. So <laughs> when you're true. when you're being an asshole, you'll get the yellow card. And I'll give you that as the reason. And so I think this is BookBub's so catch-all category as well. Like, yeah. well, we, if we can't figure stuff out, otherwise we'll stuff it in market, not aligned with current market trends and reject it. Yeah, if you wrote like the Elfstones of Shannara and it's just not selling right now, or you do sci-fi fantasy and that's just not popular where everyone wants to read about vampires and zombies they'll just use that one for the sake of it 
it's their nice it's their nice way of saying we like you but no <laughs> yeah and then the last one is uh, pretty easy and simple oh, yeah. in fact it is just that uh, they have run out of advertising slots no, so there you go. they only advertise a certain number in their emails and uh, maybe they would have liked to taking your book on board but they are out of slots so oh, you, you just submit again next month yeah. but yeah that was nine things of why bookbook book buck did i say that <laughs> book bug <laughs> yeah they, they well there could be a buck in the book who knows <laughs> i like that book bob why go. they reject uh, your books so um yeah maybe a few interesting things there there is a bit more details in the article itself so i'll put a link to the article in the show notes as well if if you want to go and read a bit more of the details uh, but i basically covered all the the major points there yeah, I might even check it out. I want to see what the length of novels is, if they're looking at novellas, or it has to be full length. That'll be interesting. It has to be full length novels. Ooh, tough. <laughs> and on to today's topic. A lot, and I mean a lot of people, really struggle writing the first draft. And they do. will actually never make it any further than this step so we thought it would probably be a good idea to share some tips about how can you conquer that first draft absolutely and i actually have a quote to start this off with and i didn't even mean to it was one um i was sharing with my parents it's one of my favorite quotes and it's good for a lot of different things but it's is simply when all things are said and done there is more said than done and that's actually a really old quote. It's from Aesop. So human condition has not changed much in like 4,000 years, which is really sad. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's a nice way of starting off saying if you're talking about writing, you should probably be writing. So <laughs> that is my excuse now why my social media is not always that good because that's talking and I like to do. <laughs> that's my excuse yeah. anyway. That might actually be a topic for another podcast episode one day. <laughs> just because before recording, actually, we we were just talking about social media efforts for authors, and it's like, is it just a complete waste of time? And just spend the time writing instead. And I, I must just say that I'm getting more and more inclined to say so. But uh, uh, I'm trying, and I try to think of it as a way of talking to readers. But again, so that could be a distraction. Maybe you should be working on your first draft. But that's a that's a detour. That's another topic for that another is. day. Uh, but we'll have but to write maybe, that one down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just about to say, <laughs> if we don't write it down, we'll forget it. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to. So one of us is responsible for writing that down after the podcast. Yeah, yeah. That's how it usually where you say one of us, and then nobody does it. That's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's earlier for me, later for you. So I'll take responsibility. It'll be my wow, okay. fault if I don't do it. Okay. Yeah, I can live with that. <laughs> of course you can <laughs> right well i'm hoping i left this one pretty wide open on things to mm -hmm. discuss so i'm guessing that though you have some specific tips just just a hunch i do yes uh <laughs> but uh, i don't have them in any particular order of importance or anything like that it's just um a couple of different things i think i okay. have like four tips oh wow right. that's not too bad no, it's not too much either. But <laughs> no, 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 no. I think that's a good place to start. Well, I think that's one of the most important things is uh, you can create this almost mind block that it is your first draft and it is all oh, so big and don't treat it like it's this overwhelming giant hurdle. It's 
it, that's not going to help you either. <laughs> so four steps, that's not too bad. So let's see, let's hear the first one or one of the third one, whichever order you want to start with. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, well, the first one I call don't overthink it. Oh, yeah. Um, don't overthink it. I should put a space there. It's no, late it's, in the evening for me, okay? I'm true. tired. You had a long day. You were up <laughs> yes. early. We've already, we had a business meeting before the podcast recording. So yeah, that's everyone be nice to Jesper tonight, <laughs> today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, okay. So this one is um, that it would really help you a lot if you are not approaching your first draft as if you are trying to write the next Lord of the Rings or something like that. Oh, gosh. You yeah. know, if you could just... Just accept that what you write in your first draft will suck. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it'll stick like your grandmother's old socks or something like that. Yes. Oh, this comes so, to, that's a good, <laughs> I wouldn't have put it that it'll suck, but that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> no, but it, it's like, you know, if... It's one of those cases, again, where your future self really hates your past self because your past <laughs> self keeps passing shit on down the line, right? right? Because, But I, I think this is uh, one of the cases where you should be an asshole to your future self um, <laughs> and uh, just deal with the editing later. Just yeah. get the writing done. It is okay. That's why it's called a first draft because it's the first one. And you're going to go through it multiple times. You're going to make it better. And it is not supposed to be the final product. So please just don't overthink it and just write. Yes. And don't care that it sucks. <laughs> no. And that's actually, I mean, we have it in the guide course. And I have to admit, I didn't come up with this phrase. So I'm not taking responsibility for this one. But uh, I was a, a published author who, brick and, you know, traditional published author who said, your goal when you're doing a first draft is to write a short, bad book. And mm. I love that. Yeah, it was very that. clear. He's like, it's not to publish a short, bad book. <laughs> no. But your goal is to write a short, bad book. Because normally when you're editing, it's easier to add to it than to cut words. You don't need to write 120. If you make your goal 180,000 words, you're going to take forever to get there. If your goal is 80,000 words and you might accidentally write 90, oh, that's okay. That's not Bad. actually that's perfect that's right in the target and a short bad book you get it done you can go fix it you can't edit something that isn't even existing yet just try not to do word vomit um i have a history of word vomit we won't go there but maybe a little bit more structure than word vomiting but write it you have to write it and i mean i know you and i especially our very first if it's your very 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 first novel your debut novel you'll probably end up rewriting the entire thing. I did mine three times. Um, and I still, there's times I want to go back now that I'm on book 21 that I'm about to release. I would so tempted to go back and change Born of Water, but it is what it is. It was my first book and I have come a long way since then. And you'll feel the same way when you're way past book one. No, that's true. Yes. Uh, and I, I think that probably plays a lot into to the second one I had listed um, oh, yeah. because it's, uh, well, maybe it's not an entirely different 
point, but it it sort of riffs off what we just talked about as well, mm-hmm. um, because it is really. I I want to say because and I've said it before, so I guess I should keep saying it <laughs> <laughs> rather than changing my mind like five episodes later than I said. I'm going to make this as a quote for you and give it to you for social media at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, but avoid editing as you go, um, and. It is a bit of a tough one, I'll admit. Um, but if you're trying to make everything sound perfect, then let's be honest, it won't never be perfect. And the other part is that you're wasting your time because you until you get to the end and you start your editing phase, then during editing you might discover that, oh, actually this section here doesn't quite work. I need to pull it out, maybe delete it. I need to rewrite it or restructure it slightly or something like that. And then you spend hours on making it sound perfect just to delete it later. So it is just waste of time. And while I am also saying that it's a bit of a tough one, this one, because (laughs) I know people, uh, I don't have it to that full extent myself but i have a little in it as well in my in 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 my mind as well that if i know something just sucks <laughs> i have a very hard time just leaving it alone i feel Ooh. like i need to fix it a bit just so that at least i not that i want to make it perfect but at least so that i feel like it's okay now and then i can move on so and if i don't do that i keep thinking about it i, I cannot let it go yeah. so I know this one is a tough one, and if you're one of those people who also can't let it go, then I feel for you because I, I know what it's like. Uh, for example, now with the first draft that I'm writing for our joint book, uh, I have had to force myself not to touch <laughs> it. Just write it and send it to Autumn. <laughs> it's just let <laughs> gone. Out of, but, My but problem it helps a now. Bit. <laughs> no, but yeah. Well, okay, that sounded wrong. But what I meant by it was really that the fact that I can email it off actually empties it from my mind then i if if it was my own and i have it in my file then i feel like going back to it but as soon as i sent the email then it's sort of out of my sphere so to speak (laughs) yeah yeah indeed yeah Uh, even though it's still the same script in a file but i don't know my mind is weird sometimes but (laughs) i love human psychology so i get that yeah but no that's i mean it's a waste of time like you said you know if you're writing something and you're editing it and it is perfect, especially if you get yourself in a cycle where you write something and you have self-doubt. So you go back and you edit it and you rewrite it and you just you keep treading that same path. And that's not going to get you to the end of your first draft. And then, too, even if you just edit it a little, you get to the you know next five chapters and you realize, oh, that was a whole tangent. This is when the book starts. I'm cutting all of that. Well, if you spent hours editing it, well, that was wasted time. But I do, I mean, like you were saying, I'm the same way. I, If there's something that's atrociously wrong, it depends. There's times I can, like climax scenes and stuff, I feel like I've got to get it really kind of all those. There's so many pieces. You need to get each one fit because then my next chapter might be a different character's point of view and I need to know that what really happened. And so getting all that fitted in, is important, but there's times, sometimes a climb, uh, plot hole. I've gone back and realized I was missing an entire character point of view, which it was a sub character, but an important one. So it ended up being three chapters. I had to re-add. So there are times I will go back and edit while I'm writing, but there's also times where it's just like, oh, thank gosh, Scrivener has a note section, <laughs> and I just <laughs> highlight, add note, add note, and I even keep a 
file in my Scrivener. It is a whole folder that just says, you know, et- note edits to, you know, notes for editing. And so I was like, make sure I put in, make sure you add this in, make sure you add it. If I can't find the exact chapter at that moment, I just put it in there and then I review it and I find it as I go through. Because yeah, it's not going to be perfect. That's what editing is for is once you actually have the whole thing and you get to the end and you're like, oh yeah, I I had this vision that I wanted to add this other little thing and I never did. Well, now's your chance to go and add it. It's easier to thread that in than to stop what you're doing and go back and figure it out now. Just don't do it. No, yes, indeed. So you want me to continue my list? I, yes. This is good. I, li- I like you steering. I'm a good navigator. <laughs> and you're a good driver, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so this one, well, I don't know if I have to keep saying this, but <laughs> having an outline so you know what to write really makes things that much easier. Yes. You know, oh, definitely. Um, I would have put this one in there myself. <laughs> Yeah, I suffered greatly with this, suffered really bad with this one in my first book. Uh, oh, yeah. I wrote myself into a corner and uh, the story just co- took a completely different turn and became it became something sort of out of my control all of a sudden. And I was like oh. halfway through and I was looking at it like, what is this? This is not the story I wanted to tell at all. Mm. Um, so I think outlining mm. really helps it helps a lot i was the same way i was a i tried to pants my first novel and i think i got to chapter five or eight and they're kind of setting sail and they're going i was just like i don't have a clue no indeed and that's what I, I i was like i said my characters got lost i got lost yeah, I, I started at least doing a minor outline and that's when i discovered the seven stages of story structure and realized, you know, all of these different combinations and it made it flow. I like it so much better than three or five acts, however you want to look at it. So that helps even, even to me, like the books I'm currently was writing um, the series I'm about to publish. I sometimes just doing a two or three sentence synopsis. And that to me is truly like, you know, that is your instructions for the entire map. This is the whole point of the journey. And I remember writing Faye Revolution, which will be book three in the series. And I looked at it and go, went, okay, the outline is okay, but it doesn't even fit this. So I have to change either either my synopsis is wrong or my outline is wrong. And so I had to work, rework things halfway through, which is when I realized I was missing a character as well. And it was just like, oh, and once it all clicked into place, it was like, darn, okay, this is an awesome story. Now it makes more sense. So I have to admit, I'm... I have an outline. I usually think it's fine, but when you start writing, sometimes you to have something to check back and look at it and say, "This is my guiding point. This is the entire. This is my thesis or my theory for this novel. Is it still holding up? Am I holding true?" And that way, every time you have a side plot or a little road off the highway, you can go, "Does that fit? Does no? Yes, yes." And then you can keep going because it, the characters will throw things at you. If you have good, strong characters, they will try to take over and run with the story. And it's really fun. But sometimes they, especially I'm writing about Faye and Dark Faye. Are you kidding? They just want to go everywhere. It's hurting cats. You know, it's horrible. But yeah, yeah. it's definitely, yeah, but you I, need to have a plot. Yeah, but it, it's amazing how often one hear that, uh, especially when 
people are starting out writing. That that's really where they so many people default to pantsing. They do and and do no plan. It's it happens so often. It's incredible. Uh, I feel like it should have one of those. Uh, you know, those labels from Jackass over it, like, don't try this shit at home. Yes. You know? <laughs> it's very true. It? It's very rare for a novelist who has done three or four books to still be a solid pantser where it's like, I just make it up on the spot. Almost everyone by that point has started plotting at least a little. I mean, sometimes for me, plotting is intro phases or reaction phases and you know just a quick list of things that happen i've broken it down now where i have chapters and i'll have just you know two sentences for each chapter and i'll flesh it out more when i get to that chapter because things have changed before that but it's still an outline i still have 38 chapters and each of them has a few sentences so i know what's happening when i get there i've thought it out and you are much stronger plotter but yeah by the time you get to a few books in you realize you need to keep you need to be in control not let fate be your control (laughs) yeah and and a lot of the time you can find some middle ground it's not that you you know that you have to be fully pantsing everything or fully plotting everything there is a lot of middle ground in between and it's not to say either that the end point is bad either but i i think when we're talking about you writing your first novel, your very first draft. Please don't try to pants it. No. You know, maybe after eight novels and and you have and you sort of have the story structure intuitively ingrained in you, and you sort of know where you're going. Then maybe you can fly it a bit more. But yeah, just don't do it. It is. It is, as I said, I, don't try this shit at home. Just don't do it. <laughs> I, I agree. If I had a stamp, I would put it on the screen right now. I agree. Don't try that at home. You will, writing a first novel and never having written a novel before, you will already feel intimidated. To have no guide, to not even know your ending point, like to me, to know that I have this many chapters and I am writing to this point, I almost always add at least two. But still, I know it's going to be this long and I know where I am in it. It's huge. I have a timeline. I can tell you when I'm going to be done. I'm going to hit that too within like five days. I'm usually Mm -hmm. early, not later. Those are huge things to know and to not know anything about writing and to be so completely lost with book one. It's just, it's not being lost in a fog on an edge of a cliff and you just don't know where you are and you don't want to do that. So have, have a, have a string to hold on to get at least a little bit of a plot going. Yeah, and if you need some help, we do have a full step-by-step guide on both how to develop characters, how to develop character arcs, how to do the entire plot of a novel. So, yeah, if you need help in that department, there's lots of help to be had, uh, and you can pick up our guidebook. I'll put a link uh, to the plotting book in the show notes as well if you want to check that one out. But it'll basically take you through from start to finish, so you, you can just follow it. And I can promise you, you will be way, way better off than trying to fundle around in the dark. Yeah, you won't be quite in the dark fog bank with no flashlight and no rope. You'll have much more guidance than that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I have one more. And then, I don't know, maybe you have some other ones as well. Yes, we'll see what else I can throw in. And right now, I have to admit, I'm having the I haven't had an office chair for so long. I'm having the worst time, not like swinging around in this thing. 
<laughs> should lock it in place. All right, so I'll try to stop spinning. Yeah, good. Sit still. Pay attention. <laughs> oh, that never worked for me. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, so this one is around um, waiting for the riding fairies to show up and sprinkle oh. their pixie dust before you're feeling motivated or in the right mood. Because yeah. if that's what you're doing, then no wonder why the first draft is still not done. Yeah, I, yeah. That's, I think this one's becoming one of my pet peeves. And I'm trying not to because I understand the impetus of it. And not everyone wants to treat writing as a business. For some people, it really is a, a hobby that makes them feel good. But waiting for inspiration? Oh, I think as I recently or told someone recently, it's like, well, why don't you find what inspires you and do that and then go write? Because if you're just going to sit around waiting, it's like what with that phrase, uh, waiting for water to boil. It doesn't boil when you're watching it. You got to <laughs> You got to turn on, you actually have to turn on the stove. So you got to turn on the inspiration to be inspired to write. And that's not going to come by sitting there staring at a cursor blinking either or being on social media. But you, of course, made it, well, you you made a good point, Dane, in saying that some people are just, you know, it's just a hobby. And, and if that's the case, then I think it's fine. You know, if you're just used doing it for the fun of it and you don't really care if it takes you eight years, Fine, wait for the fairy dust to come and, uh, you know, uh, that's fine. But but at least if you want to have any commercial success from it, then you <laughs> just have to prioritize writing. Um, and maybe, I mean, I understand the people who then might say, but I don't have time for it. I'm so incredibly busy. I understand it. I get it. Trust me. <laughs> I'm insanely busy, busy as well. Um, yes. But sometimes then it's a matter of... Um, I think I said on the previous podcast, uh, get up at five in the morning if that's what you need to do and do an hour of writing while the house is quiet or maybe skip the Netflix show in the evening and do mm -hmm. some writing time, whatever suits you. Personally, I I function best with creative work in the morning. So for me, it works to get up early and then do the writing before I have to do other things uh, because then I got it in and I also feel more content basically because i feel like i achieved it today so it's yeah. done off the list it, i already have i'm already in control from the beginning but i also know other people who prefer to work very late in the night and and that's you know whatever works for you but i think the point is just that you have to prioritize it you do and that's what always worries me about doing it at night or when you get home from work is it's so easy that life you know distracts you or pulls you aside or you had a really busy day and you're tired if you put yourself first I, i think that's incredibly empowering and it really does set your day so i mean i i'm a morning person sort of you know compared to a lot of people i 6 a.m is like fine 5 30 is yeah it's a little early but it's fine but yeah getting up i mean even though i'm technically a full-time writer and artist and writing coach I still get up before I check email, even yours, Jasper's, though. I usually check just to see if you said anything. Um, <laughs> I usually sit down without checking my email. I get my tea, I know breakfast, and I sit and I write for an hour or two, or I'm editing for an hour or two. And that is how I start the day. And after that, then, you know, then we can eat, I can walk the dog and all those other things. So 
it just really sets the tone for my day. And I feel so good because I put myself first and my own author platform first and my own ideas in my head first. And that's just fantastic. And so it keeps building and yeah, it'll percolate up all day. And then I feel so much more content focusing on other authors work because I know I put some stuff in on for me and that's wonderful. Yeah. Plus just the, satisfaction i i don't know if that's the right word but it, it just feels very good when you know that i got my words in today and yeah. it's only eight in the morning like yes yeah it is <laughs> it's I wonderful it really, is. it really like i said i think it sets the whole tone for the day and it every day that i hit those words or finish the chapter i was working on editing and you feel it's really coming together it's a better day and you go through a more positive day and you spread more positivity and oh my goodness, this world needs more of that. So I think it's very helpful, but no matter what, I mean, waiting for inspiration, that was really the whole point of this one. If you're just waiting and that is what you want to do. You also, by the time it comes, you fizzle out so quickly. You might be waiting for inspiration for what weeks, days, months, and it finally comes and your writing stamina is what a thousand words or if you're pushing yourself and trying to find things that inspire you, giving yourself some time, putting your dreams, putting some time and effort into th- something that is your dream, which will make you feel more positive towards yourself. That way, if you do, I mean, even for you and I, we're professional writers, but occasionally it's not just sitting down at the keyboard and forcing yourself to do it. When those moments of true spark and inspiration come and you're like pounding out the story and telling your kids... Five minutes, and they know that means like half an hour, don't touch, don't talk to anyone. You can go, you can put in chapters. It is amazing what you what we do when we're on, you know, caffeine acceleration. Oh my God, I have inspiration. Please don't bother <laughs> me. You can whip out like half a book. So it's fantastic. <laughs> you won't get there if you're just waiting for inspiration and never put in any effort in between. Yeah, and I think another way of putting it is basically to say that, um, uh, again, disregarding the people who just do it because it's a hobby, that then that's fine. But if we ignore those people for a moment here, then it is uh, another way of saying that writing is it's also a job. You know, it's not always. I'm sure that every morning when the baker goes to his job, I'm sure he's not every morning feeling like I'm so inspired to break baked bread today right it doesn't what? happen every day but he he does it anyway because it's, it's his job and the same thing with writing it is certainly not all the time when i sit down to write a chapter that i feel inspired for it certainly not all the time um but i write it anyway and then i push the shit down the line to future self <laughs> to sort this stuff out once yeah. you get that far but actually to be honest once you then get to it later you can't really distinguish what, where were you motivated and where were you not motivated because actually there's not that much of a difference in the writing. No. There's, I see some small differences when I'm really flowing and, you know, I see like I'm adding in more sensitive, more senses, a little bit better description, but it all, you know, once you go through an edit phase, you can't tell no one, no reader is going to say, Oh, you were just so inspired right here. No, you, you can't tell. What they no, can tell is that I actually finished the book and got it to them. They know yeah, that. But, but and, and also, if you did a proper job in your editing, mm-hmm. yeah. you'll move everything up to the sta- same standard oh, anyway. Exactly. So, yeah, may, maybe exactly. there was, like, let's say Just there's 2% know. less editing in the motivating part, but who, who cares? 
Exactly. It's not that big of an issue. And the point is to actually do the book. Get the get that first draft done, then learn to edit. Uh, and you'll you'll have that manuscript ready to send out to readers and have that inspiration. Inspiration's great. Bundle it into like the plotting, because that's really the best time to really work out what happens next. You need a lot of inspiration for some solid plotting. Yeah. So if I'm to put like some sort of conclusion on it, hmm. I would probably say that at the end of the day, everything that we talked about here, it really feeds into the fact that you have to find a process that works for you. Yeah, that sounds fair. Because we're all different. And uh, I, I think there are some good pointers in what we said in terms of things that you need to think about. But how to actually apply it is something the way you need to think about yourself as well and, and find your own way through it. But one thing I guess we can say is that um, the first draft becomes easier and easier. over t- The more times you've done it, the easier it becomes. And it it doesn't feel like that big of a hurdle anymore uh, after a while. You know, it's, it's only the beginning, the first book, maybe two. Nah. Book two in the series, at least, that's a bit of a pain. So, much, but after a while, then it it's not that big of a hurdle anymore, and it's still a massive undertaking just to write a first draft. Like like we said at, at the top of the episode, most people don't even get that far. That's so, right. if you can just get the first draft done, you're already ahead of ninety percent. So, <laughs> um, right. so it's a matter of uh, pushing through there, and. Um, and the other thing that I, as I said before, that I think is really important is that your your first draft isn't bad; it's just not edited yet. That's right. You don't have to go for perfection because if you keep trying, you'll never get to the end of the first draft. The first draft, a short bad book. Write a book, then you can add to it. You can learn from it. Get some feedback. Get an alpha reader, mentor, a writing coach if you really have doubts. But you need something to look at to grow from so just write it find a few things that'll work for you from what we've said having like guideposts a synopsis maybe using story structure something like that that can at least give you some guidance that you know where your beginning middle end and everything will be and write it and just get it done and you'll be so much happier to actually have done it and put yourself first i will say that that that's something you have to do at least one day a week. <laughs> Give yourself that. <laughs> okay, so next Monday, Autumn will be back with a very interesting interview. And uh, she will be discussing the state of the industry and uh, lots more like that. If you like what you just heard, there's a few things you can do to support the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. Please tell a fellow author about the show and visit us at Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. You can also join Autumn and Jasper on Patreon.com slash AmWritingFantasy. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll get awesome rewards and keep the Am Writing Fantasy podcast going. Stay safe out there and see you next Monday. <laughs>